0: With Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405 651 3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405 329 9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Right side, up the middle, first down, step arms, hop, skips, at the 40, p Ryan, 40, p Ryan to the 43-yard line. There it is, 427. New FBS single game record, and you saw it on Fox Sports 1. And he's getting a standing ovation, and deservingly so, uh, just a dominant performance into the very last one, Craig. I mean, just... Running with determination, running with power, showing why he's a phenom for this Oklahoma State
1: football team. Well, for the final time, and probably a long time, it'll be OU and Kansas on Saturday, a uh, series that, this won't surprise you, has been dominated by OU. O, OU has led this series 80-27-6 and 6 over the years. They've won, what, 18 consecutive games over Kansas. And uh, when you think back on the great OU Kansas moments, well, not a whole lot come to mind, Travis Davidson. At least to me, you got Baker telling their fans to go cheer on basketball, uh, Baker grabbing his crotch in 2017, and, of course, Samaje going for 427 yards in 2014. That might be where the list ends on the uh, great KU memories, but there's at least one for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've always, I've always really enjoyed OUKU. Obviously, it helps that we win every time. But um, I got a really close friend, uh, my buddy Jay, that went to school up there and and still lives up in the area. And I remember wanting to go because they would leave at halftime, and you could go down and and get great seats right behind OU's bench. You just simply can't do that. Uh, in Norman, you can't just walk down and sit right behind Oklahoma's bench without paying a pretty penny. So I always just saw it as an opportunity to uh, to get really good seats to an Oklahoma game. So obviously this week will be much busier than those years were. But you yeah, think. I love Lawrence. I love Lawrence. Lawrence is a great town. Um, Lawrence is my
1: favorite non-Norman Big Twelve town.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful campus, lots of hills. Uh, you don't really expect that when you're talking about Kansas, but really hilly campus, beautiful campus. I can't wait to get up there.
1: I've uh, never seen a football game in Lawrence, and I'm not going this weekend, so I guess I'm going to get shut out all time. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, just, I, I didn't feel the need to uh, see a football game in Lawrence. Four or five basketball games up there, that's a really cool experience, but, yeah, I'm missing out on the uh, 11 a.m. kick and the uh, rainy, windy weather that's going to be up there on on Saturday. But, as you said, this should be the most, um, I I don't know if you want to use the word hostile to describe what the crowd's going to be like on Saturday, but it's going to be the best environment that OU's faced up there in probably a while, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I would say probably the most present crowd, we could say. Not necessarily... You know, hostile. They don't really have a you know a big leg to stand on when it comes to trash talk to us. It's not like it's not like their their fans. It's kind of the opposite of what OU deals with. Tyler, it feels like sometimes when you go to OU basketball games, there are a bunch of football fans in the stands that are just really waiting for football season to come back around. What this is going to feel like, I'd imagine, is a lot of basketball fans that are just waiting for basketball season to start because I because because there's not just a ton of like K like KU football fans, right? Most of their fan base is look, we get what we are. We're a blue blood in basketball. Let's kind of support that. So it's a so it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition of uh, of Oklahoma athletics. So whereas you might see
1: some football jerseys at basketball games here, you're saying we might see a lot of basketball jerseys at the football game on Saturday. That's, that's I'm going to try
2: and count Nick Collison jerseys. <laughs>
1: yeah. Kirk Heinrich versus Nick Collison jerseys. Who has the most <laughs> on Saturday? Chalmers. Fill up on the text line. Oh, I'm sure Chalmers. Yeah, after he hit the three to tie it against mm-hmm. Memphis back in the national championship for sure. You know what? Um, it surprised me like going back and cutting that audio clip of Samaje breaking the record against Kansas, like 427 yards. It, it's incredible. It was a record. It stands as the record today. Travis, there were 12 minutes and two seconds left in the game when he got to 427 yards. Isn't that insane?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what's, that's what's great, Tyler, is, you know, a lot of people – well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. Basically, Texas and Oklahoma State fans have said, oh, sure, it's the record, but you did it against Kansas. Who cares? Well, I mean, that context is important, Tyler, because he could have ran for 600 yards if he wanted to. I mean – that's, that's and a lot of teams is. got to
1: play against Kansas over the years, not just who Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Somebody else should have set the record if that were the case, but but that's the thing. It's it's really took the pedal uh, off the you know foot off the pedal and and could have and could have set a record. I know it hasn't been beaten, but could have set a record that was absolutely untouchable, like forty seven game win streak, untouchable.
1: Yeah, tw- I, just, I just totally forgot, I guess, like 12 minutes left in the game and Samaj already had the record. Yeah, it could have been about 600 yards if they wanted to keep him uh, running that afternoon. Crazy. Well, uh, how are how we feeling about Saturday? OU's listed right at a 10-point favorite. We've listed what the weather's going to look like. Looks like Jason Bean, KU's backup quarterback, is going to be starting once again. How are we feeling a few days out from uh, from Saturday?
2: You know, um, Jason Bean is obviously not your average uh, backup quarterback. Uh, I think at this point you could, especially with how much he's played and how much he's started, you can essentially say Kansas has their other starter in as opposed to Kansas has their backup quarterback in because who knows what's going on with Jalen Daniels. Obviously, I mean, I'm not even sure he'll play the rest of the year. Part of me thinks, why should he save a year? You know he's he's obviously wildly talented. If Kansas were to go out and lose this game, it's not like they have a ton of goals. I know how Emmanuel Acho would feel about <laughs> it. Um, but uh, but yeah, Jason Bean, you know, talented guy, athletic guy. Uh, it's all going to come down to how OU defends the run. They'll 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 hit on some trick stuff, no doubt. Uh, but I think I, I think it's a good thing that we played Central Florida a week before and kind of got some of those looks out of the way.
1: Yeah, and, and you're just hoping, like, after the UCF game where you didn't play perfect, like, the, the hope's got to be that you come out and you hit on all cylinders th- this time around, right? Um, and, and, and Brent said it, that they're still looking for their best game of the year. Now, like, we're starting to get to the latter stages of the season, right? You want to start hitting your stride and you know, November, start playing your best football when it matters the most. Like, I- I'm just looking at this game, Travis, as one that we come out saying, yeah, it felt like OU played its cleanest game, its most consistent game, just overall their best game of the year. And if that's what we're saying in the post-game show, then not only is OU going to cover, but I think OU is going to cover rather easily on Saturday against this Kansas team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Vegas finally caught up with the Sooners. uh, And you're wondering maybe they overcompensate a little bit. I have got it. I mean, I, I don't want to give full blown score prediction here. Uh, not yet. We have still got uh, a few hours to go. But yeah, I like Oklahoma to, to cover here. Maybe not maybe not a blowout or a beatdown of any type. But yeah, I think uh, I think if they if they're just locked in, man. And I think the 11 a.m. on the road, I prefer an 11 a.m. on the road. You know, uh-huh. you kind of catch them sleep a little bit. Defense travels. We know run game travels. We got to figure out our run game.
1: Uh, a couple of guys from 24-7 picked the game today. One has OU 38, Kansas 28. The other has OU 34, Kansas 24. So a lot well, of people saying. Yeah, right at the spread. <laughs> I'd take a 10-point win if they're offering it right now. 38-28 yeah. or 34-24, whichever one you'd like. I'm, uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll, I'll take an 8 no.
2: Well, and, you know, my how times have changed, Tyler, but I would prefer the 34-24. Let's keep those defensive numbers looking good, right? <laughs>
1: Seriously, yeah. you got to preserve those. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Pastor Andy from Broken Arrow says, Headed to Lawrence with my son for the game. Last time to Lawrence stood right behind Bake for the crotch grab. Speculate what kind of on- or off-the-field shenanigans you would like to see. Ooh, Andy taking the questions Ooh. to us. Rather, rather than us taking the questions to the text line. I don't hate that. Well, I think Kansas has to have uh, two kids at the coin toss again that don't shake Jaron Canick's hands and all the other captains that have been named for this week, right? That's, that's how you start the fuel.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's your first opportunity. It's everybody's paying attention to it for the most part. And at that point, if you do it again, then it's almost tradition, right, Tyler? Like you could, I mean, I mean, you could say that. Oh, this is something we do against Oklahoma, yeah. But, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's anybody on our team, maybe save for Danny Stutzman, that really would elicit that type of man. We gotta, we gotta stick it to the. You know, they've got somebody that's out here and confident. We gotta stick it to him because, like, DG's a guy, fierce competitor, you know. But he's cool, calm, collected. Like, that's not a guy where they think they can get him rattled, right, or get him riled up. Like, they, they don't think that they can draw a flag from him or something like that. So so it'll be interesting. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but but I would like to see them not shake hands. That would be a fun little Easter What about for Bill those Self
1: ones. gets shown on the Jumbotron, and they go crazy. They start cheering, but the wind's blowing, and it blows his toupee off on the in front of the TV cameras <laughs> and on the Jumbotron.
2: Hey, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Oklahoma – you know how you hold up – I mean, I don't think we mostly do it anymore, uh, but hold up signs that mean different plays. What if it was just kind of a uh, like a flip book of – Their banner coming down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. I like that a lot. The Final Four banner they have to take (laughs) down from two years ago.
2: Like just a flip book that shows it it motion, like ladder going up, all right, coming down. I think that would be incredible.
1: Everyone knows, especially on this show, that OU does kick in for chicken during the football games. Do you think they do like a free throw for chicken, shooting for chicken during uh, halftime breaks at football games? Roll a portable basketball goal like used to be in your
2: backyard. One free throw for Chick Fil A for a year. A goal rilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I could I could see that. Any anything to uh, keep selling those basketball tickets, man? Because that is a fun place to watch a basketball game.
1: Yeah, it is. Four seven nine from the state of Arkansas. Here's another cra- crazy KU moment. Caleb Williams pulling the ball from Kennedy Brooks to pick up a fourth down that might have won us the game. All of that came about an hour after KU was tweeting out get to the stadium, we may beat OU. The last part of that is not talked about enough, but, yeah, like, it was, apparently people in Lawrence were watching the game, though they didn't show up to the stadium. Hey, come on, like, come to the stadium for free. We might win this game. And a a bunch of people showed up. That's
2: never seen that before. They tweeted it out because they thought, hey, we might get to rush the field and tear down the goal. The goalposts, and they, that, that was the visions of grandeur that they had was, you know, visions of them hanging from the the, uh, go, the goalposts. But what was so funny about that play was, you know, basically what a bunch of, uh, you know, college football fans have been tweeting out the last couple of days with all this Michigan stuff is, is that legal? Can he do that? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> because
2: everybody, when Caleb did that, that was the first thing everybody said. And so many, so many people said it with, like, Oh, well that can't be legal. That's not legal. No, that's legal. Like people get so like dug in with their heels. Like, oh, that's not legal. That's not legal. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it was because he picked up the first down and that was a uh, it was an impressive play and looking back on it, that was it I kept should... you it kept you from being able
1: to still make fun of Texas for
2: losing to Kansas is what it did, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny like when people Caleb absolutely is fantastic. There's no doubt about it. He'll go number one. I get all that, but he went three and two as a starter against Oklahoma and nearly lost to Kansas. And I think that's what a lot of people forget that we were all, we almost lost that game.
1: Yeah, Ooh. they were down like ten nothing at the end of the first quarter, right? Or ten yeah. nothing at halftime or whatever. It was. It did not. It did not look good early. That's uh, that was right there at the height of our disappointment during the uh, Mule era. That and the yep. Oklahoma State loss a uh, few weeks after that, not uh, not not great. By the way, I don't know if we had this ironed out yet. Someone asking where the post game show is going to be on uh, Saturday. That's from South Dakota Sooner coming all the way from Mitchell, South Dakota for the game on Saturday.
2: Oh, Mitchell, nice. Uh, I lived in South Dakota for a, a short while. Um, working it out. I'm expecting an email literally any time now. Uh, working up a spot over on Massachusetts, on Mass. So. We'll see. Obviously, stay tuned, not only the rest of the show, but 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow and Friday, uh, all over our socials, everything like that. If we get that squared away, I'll make sure and push we'll it out. We'll be
1: somewhere. We'll be somewhere for postgame. How about that?
2: Somewhere. We'll be somewhere. We might have to break into the press box, but we'll be somewhere. Yeah,
1: all, all OU fans allowed in the press box for the postgame show afterwards. <laughs> Who says no to that? 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Travis, what is going on at uh, Andy B's up there in Tulsa today?
2: Man, they've got their nightmare on Andy B's Street Halloween pop-up bar going on. Uh, That's fantastic. They've obviously got trivia night tonight from 7 to 9. As always on Wednesdays, they've got the service industry night starting at 7 p.m. and going to close. Tyler, that's $7 unlimited bowling with beer and food specials. Kids eat free on Wednesdays with an adult, and they've got that Oklahoma City location opening later this fall. Address is 11917 North Pennsylvania Ave. So keep your eyes peeled.
1: Is Nick Anderson wide receiver one right now for OU? Kind of seems like it, right? We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref.
0: This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. The law firm of Glass Tabor has been serving Norman and the state of Oklahoma since 1998. Glass Tabor has built a reputation based on thorough preparation, attention to detail, ethical strength, and professionalism. We are your community law firm and have consultants to handle all types and sizes of legal issues. Call Glass Tape at 405-360-9700 and put their 100 years of experience practicing law the right way to work for you or visit glasstaperlaw.com.
1: It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is hanging out at Andy B's in Tulsa. Location coming soon to Oklahoma City. And before we go back and forth as if uh, Nick Anderson is the number one wide receiver or not, can I, I'm going to give a quick shout out here. Um, you remember me at the OU SMU game in a lot of pain because I uh, had a root canal that had to be done. Uh, luckily, two days later after that game, I went to Oklahoma Endodontics in OKC. Brandon Rogers, big OU fan, hooked me up. I've uh, been feeling a lot better since, but I had to go back again today to get something uh, kind of finalized with that procedure. And uh, went at 8 a.m. this morning. Feel perfectly fine today. Just wanted to give Brandon Ra- Rogers and the uh, fine people at uh, Oklahoma Endodontics a shout out today for uh, helping me out over the past month. They are uh, they're awesome, and they had some thoughts on mule shoe. They had some thoughts on OU in Kansas this weekend. Uh, bro Brandon's feeling pretty good about uh, OU's chances on Saturday, and I'm going to guess, I'm going to speak for him here, but I'm going to guess Brandon is saying that, yes, Nick Anderson is wide receiver one right now for OU, Travis. What do you think?
2: Did, did they say uh, getting Lincoln Riley to show up to uh, media availability is like pulling teeth? <laughs> yeah,
1: see, I think a joke on that line was made, yes. Nice. Yes.
2: Nice. Good to know. I'm not a dad yet, but I'm, I'm, I, the jokes are ready. The jokes already. But yeah, I think I think Nick Anderson's done enough. I mean, especially after that five catch, hundred and five yard, two touchdown performance against the Golden Knights. That's five straight games, Tyler, in which he has caught a touchdown. And when you look nationally, he's tied for seventh among all wide receivers for receiving touchdowns. And he's the only freshman on that list. Keep in mind, red shirt freshman. The only freshman on that list. And let's see, five of the people ahead of him have played in eight games he's played in 7 i mean so the 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 stats tyler i mean they back it up i mean and and after that i guess you just have to look at eye test well when i see him out there i see a 64 200 plus pound guy shoving dudes off the line of scrimmage getting off uh, getting off that tight press coverage running right by people elevating uh, you know sure handed yeah I, I i i think he's wide receiver 1
1: uh, well, whenever they need six points, they're the guy they throw the ball to because he seemingly scores a touchdown every single time they do throw him the ball. So, yeah, I, I would say High that percentage. Nick Anderson is wide receiver one right now. And, he I mean, he's just a guy that you can use in several different ways. I mean, he, he kind of feels like he's their deep threat now. Um, he caught the deep ball for his second touchdown. You can give it to him in a, a, a different number of ways. So, if not, I, I guess the question is, if not Nick Anderson, then who? And you're probably saying Jalil Farouk, but I don't know, man. I just feel at this point that Nick Anderson has surpassed Jalil Farouk as wide receiver one. I think that's true today, and I think it's going to continue to be true throughout the next. I think from now until the end of Nick Anderson's career, he will be looked at as wide receiver one at OU.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see that because, like I said, it's the, the fact that he's a redshirt freshman um, – is a big deal you know he's got a lot of time uh he's obviously got the you know those good genes that already you know kind of kind of you know just light up the fan base right they see rodney cheering in the stands you know it's a it's a it's just a it's a sooner love affair if you will but also what does he not do well tyler he gets open he gets open on short routes uh, like we've seen him on uh, on one of the short touchdowns you know he gets open deep he can go up high he can block. Like, he's got all the makings of a wide receiver one. Now, the only reason that anybody could say he's not is maybe, like, just target share. His like touchdown the, the,
1: celebrations I, get everyone hyped as well. The uh, Basically just screaming after he caught the ball against yeah. Texas, and then the OU that he did after his first touchdown on Saturday.
2: Right, right. But that's the thing. It's, you know, what what is a wide receiver one, right? It's usually the go-to guy who gets a large amount of the target share and whatnot. It it doesn't seem like, and obviously Andrew Anthony being out will change this and already has changed this, but when you got a guy that's scoring at that clip that can do all the things that I just listed, it seems like you got to get him the ball more, right? Yeah.
1: DJ says, no, sorry, it's Farouk, and it has been all year long. Yeah, I don't know if I would agree that it has been all year long for Farouk. I think Andrew Anthony was that guy uh, before he got injured. Okie Tom says, Stoops has the most targets and catches and touchdowns. I looked at Drake's numbers today, and I knew they were good. I watched every single snap so far this year. But I didn't know that they ranked as high as they did in the entire conference. He's got 36 receptions. That's fourth in the conference. Five touchdown catches. That's number three in the conference. 5.1 receptions per game. That's number five in the Big 12. So in three statistical categories, he's in the top five in the league. Um, Drake Stoops is not having his best year. He's having a hell of a year along with that as well. So whoever you yeah. want to say is wide receiver one, like, well, I mean, fine. Like, well, I'll, I'll argue Nick Anderson, but there's a lot of options this, that uh, wide receiver core has right now.
2: It's a, it's a really interesting conversation because it is – 100% hinging on what you consider wide receiver one, Tyler, because Drake Stoops and Jaleel Farouk get handoffs in the backfield. You know, uh, you see Jaleel Farouk returning kicks uh, as well as getting those in the backfield. You see all, a lot of the short, you know, quick little sweeps and uh, touch passes or push passes and all that kind of stuff. It seems like, yeah, Jaleel's numbers, Drake's numbers, all good for sure. And they do a lot more on the football field than what Nick Anderson does. But if you're lining them up, you know, just the three of them in a traditional, you know, formation, and you drop back to pass, what are the defenses going to be the most worried about? I think th- I think that's what I think that's what it comes down to for me. And I personally think that Nick Anderson will will keep, you know, defensive back coaches, corner coaches up a little bit longer. Uh, throughout the night. But, but but again, that's not taken away from the other two. It's just, it just it's just a matter of opinion of what your definition of wide receiver yeah. one is. Cool
1: Moj says Farouk is better after the catch than Anderson, but I think Anderson is better as an overall receiver, better hands. 918 says Anderson is wide receiver one. Farouk is a good two, a great three. Stoops is steady but limited to the slot and has too many drops. You think what? You think Drake has too many drops this year?
2: Uh, I, th- I think it's a – he's dropped a couple, but I think some people, if I'm not mistaken, I think two He has dropped Dylan a Gabriel's couple, but
1: I guess I just wouldn't say Drake Stoops has drop issues. And maybe that's not what the text are saying, well, but I'm, I guess i, I meta- think read it that way.
2: I may be incorrect. I know he has at least one, but I believe two of Dylan Gabriel's interceptions this year have been off Drake Stoops drops, like deflections. I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's two. It's at minimum one. Balls that hit Drake Stoops that ended up in a defender's arm.
1: Yeah, and now uh, with that,
2: it could be did he uh, did he throw it behind him? Did he throw or it maybe a high? little bit
1: late like Saturday? Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Exactly. But I think people might see that and say, "Well, if Drake Stoops uh, comes down with that, then uh, the ball is uh, not only a first down, but we still have it."
1: Good point. By the four hundred five, Nick Anderson also has a podcast. What more could we ask of a wide receiver? <laughs> One. <laughs>
2: Hey, a great point. Us in the media world and the content creation world, we agree. We agree.
1: I, uh, I said a, a few minutes ago that I think Nick Anderson from now until the end of his OU career will be looked at and thought of as a wide receiver one here. Well, maybe he just never has a game where he doesn't catch a touchdown pass again because as it stands right now, active power five streaks, Nick Anderson has the longest uh, run of consecutive games with a reception touchdown with five.
2: Yeah, more than we Marvin got, we,
1: Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, more than Malik Neighbors at LSU. Got more than all of them.
2: Got to keep the streak going, right? And it's funny because when other people see that, they're going to go, Nick Anderson, who's this guy? I bet he's just gobbling up catches. No, no, not even close. <laughs> he's he's barely. I mean, sixteen relative, catches,
1: eight touchdowns. Right? Yeah,
2: relative to a lot of the guys, you know, that are on that list. He's he's barely got any catches on the year, which is to my point, feed him a little bit more. The only thing that I'd like to see a little bit more from him and Tyler, this is this is the freckle on Kate Upton. This is the this is the most nitpicky thing that you could ever come up with. But twice last game I think if he elevates more, like I know he can, I think he catches two more balls. I think a couple times down the sideline, he had balls go through his hands. And I think, given his athleticism, that he could elevate for those with his big frame and come down with those. Again, that's freckle on Kate Upton. but, But I think if he trusts his elevation just a slight bit more, I'm not sure that there's anything that a defensive back can do to stop him. 9-1-8,
1: Nine one eight. What is the deal uh, with Hester? I expected to see more from him when he transferred or transferred from Missouri. Yeah, not much from JJ Hester.
2: Hey, he's been dealing with injury again. Yeah. Um, at least earlier in the year, I knew that was the case. And and that's the thing, man. With with this rotation, it it, it gets a bit tough, doesn't it? Because it's what what do we, what have we heard all year, Tyler? Man, I'd love to see Jaquays Pedway get the ball more. Man, we got to get it to Gibson. Got to get it to Anderson more. This was before Andrew Anthony got hurt.
1: I did have that on the rundown sheet, more uh, more looks for Jaden Gibson, so I, I guess I'm proving your point here.
2: Exactly. It's like, okay, well, targets have to come from somewhere. Like, I, I don't know, unless we're, I don't know, just going to go straight air raid, which with a run game you might, but it's there, – there's only a certain amount of targets per game. So in order for Stoops to get his, you know, for Farouk to get his, for Anderson now to get his, Gibson and Petaway and, – Javian Hester and LV Bunkley, Shelton, and all these guys. Like, we just got a lot of guys in that room right now, Tyler.
1: So, some are saying, "What's wrong with the freckle?" I think freckles are hot. Nine one eight. I think freckles are hot. Four zero five. What the hell is wrong with the freckle? Um, that's a cute uh, <laughs> freckle, though, from the four zero five. Yeah. Fair point.
2: Yeah. Fair, yeah. Fair. Not point, all freckles indeed. are bad. Not all freckles freckles are bad, but this might be one of those situations where. Uh, you know it's the old like 50 shades of gray comparison where it's like Uh-oh. if it's if it's you know if it's a if it's a super attractive guy that's doing that then it's a romantic novel you know but if but if the guy looks uh, you know like a troll that's doing it then it's you know harassment and assault a freckle a freckle on Kate Upton I imagine is going to get different reviews than a uh, freckle on Enter, enter your own name here.
1: I'm just glad we got the Fifty Shades of Grey comparison out of the way today. I was a little bit, Ab- a little bit nervous Absolutely.
2: About that and, and with Fifty Shades of Grey, Tyler, the real question is, can any of our running backs look like Shades of Eric Gray against this Kansas defense?
1: <sighs> Dad joke number two
2: of the day as well. <laughs>
1: 405-651-3439. If you can top that on the uh, kennebill Chevrolet text line, When we come back, apparently Mike Gundy had no idea that Bedlam was a week from Saturday. Yeah, we'll run through his comments. More OU football as well right here on The Ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Don't say boo this Halloween, say booyah and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're saying booyah for Sierras. The new 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab AT4X. Take up to $6,200 off MSRP. And booyah to all new GMC lineup. Be part of the new and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC I-40 and Highway 81, Exit 125 in El Reno. Or dorsey-jonesbuickgmc.com. GMC, we are professional grade. See dealer for details. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to... Battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives.
1: Canada's a really solid football team. Um, going all the way into Florence, it's going to be a, a tough atmosphere. It's homecoming, I heard. You know, like, It'll be a great atmosphere to go to. And, yeah, I mean, they're a good, good, sound football team. Really good in the, in the run game and also the explosive pass game. And then their defense is really solid. A lot of good tacklers everywhere, good cover guys, good corners on the edges, great field backer. I'm dug much into the D-line, but, you know, I'm all about the the secondary. But they're a real well-rounded football team that can attack you many ways on offense and defense. So, yeah, they're definitely a very formidable opponent in the Big 12 for not just us, but for anybody. Drake Stoops talking about the Kansas matchup this weekend, 11 a.m. on Fox. Drake Stoops having one heck of a season in his final year in an OU uniform. Tell me if you're buying this or not. Um, I, I don't have the audio because it happened at the press conference, but the press conference was over and it happened off the stage of the press conference, so you could hear the back and forth that was going on between Mike Gundy and a reporter, but you couldn't like it it wasn't great audio, so I'm not going to play it. But essentially, like here here's the back and forth, Travis. Gundy, like, right after the press conference is over, saying um, it essentially, was asked about Bedlam and it says I don't even know who we play like, who, who do we play next week and the reporter said Cincinnati and then you play OU and then Gundy said oh so Bedlam's next week I didn't even know that I thought we went to Central Florida next week the reporter says you really didn't know that Gundy says honestly I did not know that but I'll tell you now that you're tying it together I'm getting text messages on Bedlam tickets and I thought why am I getting them now but I didn't realize it was next week. All right, back to our regular scheduled programming. So I I guess Gundy had no idea until earlier this week that Bedlam was a week from Saturday.
2: I mean, it's one of two things, Tyler, and I don't think either of them are good. Um, one, he is just playing up this, uh, you know, I'm not really paying attention to that game because they chose to leave the SEC. They left us, you know, stranded us, blah blah blah, stabbed us in the back, all that. Like, like trying to play it down. Like, you know, who cares about who cares about Bedlam, blah blah blah. Either he's doing that, or he doesn't know when the highest ranked team that he'll play this year falls on his schedule. He doesn't know the biggest yeah. game on his schedule. It seem
1: legit hearing it, like hearing the audio, right.
2: Right. So, like, so, so we're saying that it's the second one then. We're saying that Mike Gundy just has no clue when he plays his in state rival um, against one of his former players. You know, like, he, he, he doesn't know that at all. And, He was getting text messages about Bedlam tickets, and it still didn't trigger him to think, oh, when is that game? Why
1: are they texting me already? This game's not for like three or four weeks. No, Mike, it's a a week from Saturday, man.
2: It's a week from Saturday. Yeah, either he was posturing ignorance or he was being ignorant. Either way, Tyler, I wouldn't like it.
1: Yeah, I, I look, I know coaches got a lot going on. I understand that. But I I think especially at this point in the year everyone knows who they play on a week in week out basis. So I just I just thought it was interesting that he had no idea that that's happening a week from Saturday. Patrick says maybe he didn't know he was playing South Alabama that week and that's why they played so bad.
2: I mean I mean he's he said that uh oh what did he say? Well, he obviously went on about NIL and everything, but no, I think South Alabama. I would argue that he was more aware of the South Alabama game than maybe any game on his schedule, based on his press conferences. Tyler,
1: I call BS. Mike Gundy says a texter in the nine one eight. Uh, let's see, Big Rich in OKC says no way. Gundy is a big smartass. He does it to screw with people. Well, they made it on this show, and he uh, he got the co- the reporters confused as well.
2: Yeah, it, it, when when they have to reiterate, go wait a minute, wait wait a minute, what? So. Who knows? It's, it's, Gun, it's Gundy in a press conference. It's always good for a couple laughs, isn't it? 918, 50% Gundy
1: shtick, 50% mental errors from lit, living in Stoolwater too long. <laughs> um, Sugar Shane in Newcastle, and I relate to this. I memorized the damn schedule in the first 10 minutes after it drops, LOL. Yeah, after 15 minutes, and we waited a long time for the schedule this year. Remember it was like late January or maybe even February before we even got the schedule. By the time we finally got it, 15 minutes later, I think we could all recite
2: it by heart. Right, it's it's the background on my phone, like just so I make sure and have the dates right. Like, I don't. It would be it. It's going to be very hard to convince me that Mike Gundy doesn't doesn't know when the biggest game on his schedule happens.
1: Jeff from OKC, can you guys think of another player at any school who has taken advantage of the COVID year more than Drake Stoops? I don't know of any, but I might be short sighted. Um. Well, Drake Stoops has been around here for a while. How about this? And, and maybe this is more like the transfer portal era, and I guess the COVID year as well. But um, how how about JT Daniels at Rice taking advantage of the extra COVID year in the transfer portal? He's how played about for Bo like Nicks? four or five. Bo Nix as well. Yeah, but JT Daniels feels like he uh, his, his closet looks like a uh, clothing store that sells college football gear with as many schools as he's played at.
2: Right, my goodness. I mean, him, and we could say Dylan Gabriel. I know injuries and whatnot, but and I know he technically has another year after this. But there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of olds in the uh, in the college football ranks right now, Tyler. It's as
1: uh, I bet the average age has to be as old as it's maybe ever been in the sports. I mean, you still have it's players like wartime. Yeah, I mean, seriously, seriously man. It guys, uh, it guys been been around for six and seven years, crazy numbers like that. But no, Drake, Drake Stoops though for sure. Um, he he's been around. He's been he's been solid for this program for a long time. But this is the year that he's having his um, his best year. And you look back on his career, and you think of just a solid, gritty, tough-nosed football player. But he's made a lot of big plays as well. And it's really hard to think that he won't make at least one more big play here by the time it's all said and done he's been great in the OU Texas game great in so many other games as well but just feel like uh feels like Drake's gonna make at least one more big play by the by the time he's out of here
2: oh absolutely yeah absolutely he will I think the better question would be hey there is a big play made in the big 12 championship game what are the odds it was Drake Stoops that made it and I bet he would have the heftiest odds Tyler Hawaiian Sooner says six to seven years senior,
1: uh, seniors equals uh, BYU freshman. I like that. Jim and Casper says wartime and BYU. So you mention or we mention players uh, being old in college football, the BYU jokes just start flying around here. So you're, you're, you're hey, at least a couple, getting those we're a couple jokes weeks here. early.
2: We're a couple weeks early, and you know how I know that? I know the schedule, Tyler. Yeah.
1: What? 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 The BYU game is the second to last game. I thought it was a week from Saturday. That's probably what uh, Mike Gundy would say. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep the text coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Mike and Clinton says Mike Gundy is a total phony. He tries to play the good old boy role, but spends at least an hour at the beauty shop every week and probably five hours in the tanning booth. So we're getting some uh, BYU jokes. We got some dad jokes. Thanks to you, last segment. And now we're getting a whole lot of Mike Gundy slander on the text line. That's what it currently looks like.
2: Hey, just a, that's, like, that's like an off-season thing, man, just uh, picking on Gundy. He does have he, – he does – somebody's been taking care of that hair for a long time um, through multiple hairstyles. There's no way that he's switched up, right? Like you think somebody in Stillwater is like it's – been, it's been Mike's hair guy for like 20 years? I hope so. The, the barber
1: in downtown Stillwater. I really hope that's the case.
2: God, me too, man.
1: What's, uh, what do you think the spread's going to be on that game? OU's a 10-point favorite at KU on Saturday. Will it be higher, lower, dead on balls accurate? What's, what's, what's the number if, if both I teams th- win this weekend?
2: If both teams win, I think it will be Oklahoma
1: 8.5. I do think it will be lower than what it is this week if both teams win. And they should beat Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati is probably the worst team in the league at this point. They're, they're not very good. Um, so if Oklahoma State wins, OU wins, and they look good doing so, yeah, eight and a half, nine is, is probably a, a, a pretty good number for next Saturday. But, yeah. o, but OU will be favored in every game until the Big 12 championship game. And in most games, they will be a double-digit favorite in those
2: games. Yeah, and that, that Cincinnati game is sneaky big for, uh, for Oklahoma State because when you look at the rest of our schedule – Mathematically, not a lot of Big Twelve contenders on there outside of Oklahoma State. So, you know, they've got that one that one conference loss right now, Tyler. If we were to go and screw up Bedlam and, and uh, give them the tiebreaker over us, things get a lot more dicey for us in the standings. Uh, a lot so, of one-loss
1: teams in the conference right now. For yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, but but not a ton of them on our schedule specifically. So Oklahoma State is kind of the biggest threat as far as that's concerned.
1: All right, we'll get to more of your texts. tomorrow. OU football as well. Coming up next right here on The Ref.
0: This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. If you're looking for the best casino experience, the best casino experience
1: then Riverwind is your place to play.
2: It's spooky with our $80,000 Friday night fright.
0: Play with your wild card all
1: October.
2: For a chance to win a share of $80,000. Riverwind,
0: the best place to have a good time.
2: Teddy Lehman here for my friends at Extreme Outdoor Equipment in Newcastle. They're having their
0: end-of-season
1: blowout on all remaining Bad Boy Zero turn. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Cavens Group, if you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. Or in Tulsa, call 918-282-7612. That's 918-282-7612 or CavensGroup.com. We don't have a for sure answer. What's going on with Muleshoe in LA? And I guess USC fans, some college football fans, are kind of on practice watch today to see if he shows up or not.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, we pick on Lincoln a ton. You know, a lot of it rightfully so. Hopefully, the guy's okay, right? Like, you know, I know it's. it's is he having a mental breakdown at this point. I mean, I mean, the thing is, like. I think a lot of people are going to feel really crappy if it turns out like he's got like a legitimate like disease of some type besides the fact that he's allergic to defense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but, God, it all feels so eerie, doesn't it? I mean, they tell Cliff Kingsbury, hey, which a lot of people forgot Cliff Kingsbury was even at USC, but remember when they hired him, we thought, oh, yeah, USC's problems? They definitely didn't have enough offensive minds in the room. Might as well bring in Cliff Kingsbury to be an analyst instead of, I don't know, Gary Patterson or somebody out there, but um, yeah, I mean, it feels weird, right, with uh, with Simmons, uh, you know, having to do his media forum, which we saw at OU, like, it's just, I don't know, it's all a bit eerie, but I think a lot of L.A. media are starting to turn on him, and it's been fun to watch. That's, that's what I know.
1: Now, this is coming from someone who uh, locked Cal this week and picked Cal that. in the uh, upset special as well in our Ref Royal Rumble. But Cal's got to smell blood in the water at this point, man. Like, what's been happening at USC here recently, uh, he's been out of practice for two days, which – and, and maybe these things aren't ever, you know, always you know, publicized, but I just don't remember a uh, coach during the middle of the season – Like, missing two days of practice like that during a game week? I I don't know. The point is, Cal's got to smell blood in the water. Uh, They're 3-4 and this year. This could maybe be a job saver for some of their coaches. Whatever the kitchen sink is, like, whatever that looks like for Cal, I'm I'm sure that that's going to be thrown out uh, this
2: Saturday against against USC. They feel like they'll have a chance. I mean, that's the thing, though. Even with the nonsense going on around the USC program right now, like, this is going to sound bad, but is Lincoln being out the first couple of days, is that going to even if he's out a lot of the week, does that really affect USC's chances? I mean, heck, all they're doing most of the time is snapping it to Caleb and tell him to go run around and find somebody. I mean, maybe, maybe if somebody is an interim play caller, they might run the ball with the guy that's averaging like eight yards a carry on the year or something insane.
1: Well, to that point, they could win on Saturday and people could still be hammering Lincoln even more. If he's so sick or whatever the deal is that he misses the game on Saturday, they coach without him and they win the game at Cal and look good doing so. (laughs) It'll be like, oh, there's the problem right there. Best they've looked in a month and uh, Lincoln wasn't even on the sideline. Surely he's going to. Who uh, needs him? I got to imagine he's going to be on the sideline in Berkeley this Saturday. I got to think. But it's it's gotten uh, past the point of weird to this point. And if he doesn't coach again today, then maybe we are talking tomorrow about the possibility of Dennis Simmons being the head ball coach for the game on Saturday at Cal.
2: Well, I'll put it this way. It's really, really bad timing to get sick coming off your second loss, right? Like, in a row, right? Like, it, like this isn't – if he would have gotten sick – Timing's you know, interesting for sure. A, after the, you know, Colorado game even or after whatever. Like, this – Everybody's waiting to see how he was going to respond, and then this is when he gets sick. If nothing else, after he it's just an a, awful after, time after he banned
1: sick. players from uh, post game availability, you know, it just yeah. kind of all matches up. Like, uh, what's what's really going on here? What's going on here? A train says Muleshoe is the kind to use a fake mental breakdown to manipulate the media and the fans. Uh, Old Sooner <laughs> says COVID maybe. Okie Tom says Kingsbury has to get approved by NCAA to wear headset. Yeah, yeah, we know that. But no one knows for sure what's going on here. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's a mental breakdown. Who knows what it is? But I, I'm I'm going to guess we find out in about an hour if he's actually at practice or not. So, I mean, fascinating storylines.
2: Sure, I, I don't think that they make Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think they get with compliance to make sure he can be head coach if Lincoln was only going to miss a day of practice. You know what I mean? No, Yeah, they had to go through a lot of hoops
1: for that. Yeah, just for a Tuesday practice, for sure. A Monday and Tuesday practice, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All right, hour, uh, hour number two, The Rush, coming up next.
0: You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Hey, Sooner basketball
2: fans, it's time for one last go-round in the Big 12 at the Lloyd Nobles Center. Your men's basketball season tickets are on sale now and start at just $149. Secure your seats now and don't miss out on any of this year's Sooner Hoops games. Visit Soonersports.com or call 800-456-GO-OU. That's 800-456-4668 to purchase your tickets today. We'll see you at the LNC this season. Boomer Sooner. It's time to stand out. Be bold. And Buicks are bold at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in Oreno. Take up to $5,500 off MSRP on new 2023 Buick Envisions. Now that's bold money and unbeatable savings on new 2023 Buick Envisions. Make bold moves. You are going to stand out. Head to Dorsey Jones in Oreno now. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC.